Uh, start there. What kind of business? Uh, my husband does asbestos removal. And how long have I been doing that? Since we were in our 20s, so about oh, 30 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, uh, go back and revisit the biography. I'm reading your website, maraformayor.com, M-A-R-A, for mayor.com. I mentioned that you, you were born, actually, in Nicaragua and, and grew up in a very difficult time down there, the Samoja, uh, Samoja regime, uh, to New York uh, when you are able to get out of Nicaragua. How would you get from New York to here? Uh, you know, the pace in New York uh, is pretty fast. And we had endured a fire at our house. So it's very emotional for us at the time when you lose a home and you think you almost lost your child at that time. Mm -hmm. So we decided to move to somewhere more peaceful. And you settled on Athens. What, what brought you to Athens? How did you decide on Athens? Well, I didn't move to Athens directly. I, was first, I first moved to Buford. But as I drove around and my husband wanted to buy a farm, and then I'm not a farm girl, I'm a city girl, <laughs> but I wanted to be close by to the city. So I said, let's find a, a place where we can buy a farm, but we can be close enough to the city. And when I was passing by Athens to see the property that I eventually bought, um, I fell in love with Athens. And how long have y'all been here? 15 years. 15 years in Athens. And now, uh, fast forward to now, a candidate for mayor. What got you involved? What, what, what inspired you to do this? My inspiration came uh, at a moment where there was the homeless encampment uh, vote. I remember that uh, I had spoken to a lot of people. They were telling me that they didn't want this uh, encampment to take place. Uh, they felt that there were other times where the government wasn't listening to them. I looked into the matter. I, I, I saw that it wasn't a good idea. I, I look at the den encampment, it was expensive. I didn't feel it was a good solution. I felt people were going to be kept outside. That, that was not good. Um, so I decided to look into it a little bit further. And when I went there, I saw a lot of people. A lot of people were there saying they didn't want the ten encampment. There was somebody that brought 500 signatures. And the mayor just pretty much threw out the 500 signatures. And that's when it became clear to me that he was not listening to the people. 500 signatures may have not mattered at that vote, but I'm pretty sure it's going to matter in this election. Again, Mara Zuniga with us, a candidate for mayor. All right, let, let's start there. You're concerned about, and you mentioned some of them. Let, let's dig a little deeper here. You're concerned about this encampment, which is now, as of a few days ago, in the middle of last week, it is now open and operating. I, I, full disclosure, I haven't been out there to see how many folks are availing themselves of the opportunity to set up the tents there, but it is now open, and, and the folks are eligible to do it. You touched on them. Uh, drill a little deeper. What, what are some of your concerns with this specific idea and the way it's going to be carried out? Well, I, I, I didn't think it was a good solution to have people outside because of the elements. I didn't think tents were a good idea. We saw those kind well, of... they're in tents already, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, but the thing is that if you're putting $2.2 million to something, you would think they would come up with a better solution. We have organizations that have worked with homeless for a long time, and they've you know, they've done as, as good as they can with the funding, but I believe that with $2.2 million, you know, and you get some organizations together, that better ideas could come up. 
what I found later is that they did get together with some organizations, and those organizations decided they did not want to go through that I, path. I can speak personally to that, just, just to edify some of what you're saying there. Uh, the Bigger Vision Homeless Shelter. Uh, my wife is on the board. I have done volunteer work with those folks over the years, the shelter there on North Avenue. Good Lord, what $2.2 million would mean for those folks if it were to come raining down out of the sky and land in their laps. It didn't. They, I, I'm finding this out. Uh, they were supposed to have partnered with this effort, provide showers or some such. That isn't happening, as I understand it, and, and so they'll go elsewhere for that. But uh, to your point, there are entities in town, there, the Salvation Army, Sparrows, and others that have been working with the homeless population for years. For years, yes. Yes. And so you lack the confidence that this is going to be workable? Yes, I lack the confidence because there was only one applicant that applied for this. And when I looked at the applicant... The applicant to manage it, to oversee To manage it, it yes. Mm-hmm. And the applicant only had two years of experience as a nonprofit. And I think they only managed like $50,000 um, in their nonprofit. So, and they didn't have much experience with homeless. So I was really concerned about that. And not, I'm not attacking the gentleman that, that, was, uh, that is running the place. I just, questioned, mm-hmm. I just questioned the government's decision on that. I mean, even on a personal level, you know, if I have money... And it, let's say $10,000, who mm-hmm. would I give it to? The first person that comes up and says, I want to manage your money? Or would I, you know, ask around, you know, experience? Those are the things that you look at when you're a business owner and you want to hire someone or you someone's going to do work for you. You look at their experience, their years, you know, have they ever done this before? I don't think the government really looked at that, you know. You know, it occurs to me, Mara Zaniga, candidate for mayor, I might agree with everything you just said. I might have thought of it before you did. I'm not running for mayor, but you you looked at this set of circumstances. I don't like this. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to run for mayor on the basis of this. And I'm sure you've looked at other things. I know you have. But this is what inspired you to run for mayor. This inspired me. I mean, if you look at the session, the, the mayor commissioner session of August 3rd, a lot of people understand my frustration because I saw a lot of things happening. I saw that the government wasn't listening to the people for a while before that. And I think this was the pinnacle because, like I said, I mentioned to you before, 500 signatures, and the mayor just dismissed it in in a minute. Well, so let me, let me be fair to the mayor here. Let me play devil's advocate sure. for a moment. Uh, well, they didn't listen. They listened. They just didn't agree. Isn't that possible? If you're the mayor, people are going to come to you with things, and you're going to listen, but you won't give them what they want by way of policy. That's not the same thing as not listening, is it? Well, when you have five people saying, hey, listen to us, we have some alternate solutions, that at least will allow the mayor to table the vote to look at those comments. Maybe somebody did come up with a really good solution in those comments. We don't know. We'll never know, you know. But um, but to me, that was surprising because I think that that and the full room of people would have allowed the mayor to say, let's table this. Let's look at if there are alternative solutions to this or at least give the impression that you are listening to the people. Again, Mara Zaniga, candidate for mayor. We'll take the briefest of breaks back with more. Look at her rest policy. That's an acronym. We'll get into it when we come back. Tim Bryant, Classics of Today, WGAU. Uh, the website, maraformayor.com. Uh, list your campaign priorities uh, with an acronym, REST. Uh, the R, Responsive Leadership for All of Athens. Uh, the E, Education and Training to Equip Adult and Child for Success. 
S stands for safety, safety for residents and visitors and students, and T, transparency in spending and communication. Seven or eight minutes left here. Try to get through as many of these as we can. He kind of touched on this in discussing the homeless shelter. Uh, Responsive leadership for all of Athens. I gather you're critical. I know you're critical because you said as much of of what you see as a lack of responsiveness from Athens-Clark County government. Elaborate a little more on that. I've talked to a lot of people in the community, and I think as an as an immigrant, you know, you face challenges. One of the challenges is sometimes you feel you're not heard when you're growing up. You know, you lack the language, so that's the big one. The second By one. By the way, we, personal question: you you would have been coming from Nicaragua, you would have learned English, I suppose, when you got here. Or, yes. Or, okay. Yes. Yes, okay. you learned English, but I say it from the perspective also of my parents. Mm-hmm. I had to be the translator mm-hmm. to my parents at mm-hmm. a young age, so, and they never learned English. So they always lack voice, you know. So I have that as a personal thing of mine. I try to translate to people as much as I can in my community, help them with paperwork, uh, help them with situations they may not understand. So it's very dear to me when a person uh, lacks a voice. You know, they, they don't know how to communicate or they just don't feel that their voice matters. So when I went out to the community and started speaking to people, I realized these are not only people that lack the language. These are people that are in the neighborhood that feel like they're fearful. They're fearful to speak up and say what, they, what they're feeling in the community. They feel anxiety. Uh, they feel like uh, they have nowhere else you know, to speak because they work for the government or they work for uh, places where if they express what they're feeling or what, you know, they're, they're against some issues mm-hmm. that they may be fired. I, I'm being mistreated in my workplace, but I can't talk about it because exactly. I'm fearful of being fired or, or other yes. things. That, yes, that would be a concern. And I thought that's a very difficult situation to be in, you know. So I don't work for the government. I'm not in a situation where I depend on anybody, you know. And if I voice what I see and I hear, you know, what I – because mm-hmm. I actually see situations as well, but mm-hmm. I hear them. And I said, you know, maybe uh, – because of my background as an immigrant, as a female, as a woman of color, I have faced many challenges. And I feel I'm at a point that I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to speak up. I'm not afraid to speak up for myself. I'm not afraid to speak up for somebody else. So, you know, I, I believe that uh, being a responsible, a responsive leader means listening to people and, and bringing those issues up front, addressing them. Uh, the E, if you will, education and training to equip adult and child for success. Uh, we have a Clark County School District. We have a Clark County School Board. They presumably work on those issues. What is there for a mayor and commission to do on that front? Well, you know, uh, the local government, it doesn't have any uh, say in the Board of Education other than maybe partner up with them. And I feel strongly about that. I was very involved with my children in school. I was part of the local government. How many team. children, by the way? Two. Okay. I have two children. One's 28 and the other one's 20. Mm. They all went to um, public school here. So I was involved. I was part of seeing the the way the process went. I was an involved mother. So, you know, it, it's a good system as far as the teachers that are involved. There's a lot of people that were concerned when my kids were there. Um so I know the system a little well, you know. Lately, my, my son is in Athens Tech. He was in the dual enrollment program. He went through Career Academy. And I have to say, you know, in Career Academy, I love that place. They prepare children very well. Uh, they showed them how to do interviews, how to write a resume. And those are essential life skills. Sure. I mean, I worked at the Department of Labor. I worked with grown-ups that lacked those sure. 
uh, skills. So seeing folks who could probably do the job, fix the air conditioner or whatever yes. it is, but but they need to get the job before they can do the job. Yes. And so where where I saw that Career Academy does a fantastic job preparing kids to be prepared for interviews and things like that, there's additional things like um, life choices maybe, how to balance a checkbook. But that applies not only to, to kids coming out of high school, because when they come out of high school, they consider adults. Sure. And sometimes they don't have that preparation, like an adult. So I think that uh, something like that, that the government can work with the Board of Education in having something like the Career Academy and also instill something for adults through mentorship, sponsorship. We could probably spend the rest of the morning on this one. We don't have much time, but I wanted to spend a little time on this. Safety. Mm -hmm. uh, safety for residents, visitors, and students. People concerned about crime. How concerned are you about crime? And more to the point, what would you do about it as mayor? You know, I'm very concerned about crime. Um, I hear there's about maybe 3,000 gang members. I know that when Chief Spruill was here, he had that Operation Tourniquet where they arrested quite a few people, lots of money. There was even a landmine. I mean, that was a fantastic job that they did. But, you know, with 40 officer, uh, 40 police officer vacancies and more, you know, in the police department, I spoke to a detective who told me, when you hear that there's 40 police officers, sometimes you think that they're in cars, but... In his department, for example, they deal with crime against children and women. So when you have, let's say, eight people that usually work on that, you may have eight missing. You'll have two people that will address crimes against kids and women like sex trafficking. Then what do you do? You know, I mean, there's a shortage. Well, the mayor is talking about that, Mayor Kelly Gertz, in his State of the Community Address, raising starting salaries to $47,000 a year, uh, the $3,000 bonuses, further increases in starting salary. Money can only get you so far, though. You only have so much, and other counties, other communities may have more. If it's strictly about money, you may end up losing that battle more than you win. Yes, it's, it's about morale also. I mean, you know, the police officers here feel like there's no support for them. And when, when they've asked for equipment that will, you know, help them do their job, the government has nickel and dimed them. We have commissioners that are against the police. We even have a commissioner who wants to eliminate completely the police. That's scary because to me, I've always, you know, I've been in disadvantaged neighborhoods. I grew up in them. Police was something that gave us security. You know, we have police officers that walk the street. We depended on the police for our safety. Otherwise, you know, you have criminals that will, you know, will take advantage, mm -hmm. even of children. I mean, gangs right now are trying to get to children, you know. They're trying to recruit children to do their dirty work in some cases. Yeah. Uh, a minute or so left here to spend on the transparency issue. I know you've talked about this to some extent, but a little more on it. Uh, transparency in spending and communication. All right, the budget hearings are ongoing. They're open to the public. Uh, what, what are you not seeing that you want to see? Well, you know, there's a lot of things that are said um, a certain way, but they're not applied when they pass. That's my biggest issue is that sometimes you'll say something, for example, let's, let's spend money, let's allocate money for youth development and uh, violence prevention. Who wouldn't be against that, right? I would be, I would be for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds fascinating and, and good. But what happens is that they get allocated, but they don't tell you how they're going to use it. That's a later issue. Mm -hmm. And it may change. 
They may use that money for something else, and it has happened. So my concern is that there is no transparency when, when they are uh, passing a vote for something like this, you know. And then when you try to get information on things that they have passed in, in the previous years, it's very difficult to get open records open records requests. They're expensive, you know. There's a procedure to follow. A lot of people have problems with that, you know, trying to get uh, information on on how money was spent in the past so then you can get a clear picture how it's going to be spent now in the future, you know. Uh, quickly, just about a minute left here, Mara Zaniga, candidate for mayor. I've mentioned the website, maraformayor.com. What are you doing by way of campaigning? How are you going to spend the next couple of months? You know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, to go out and do debates and do things. And I'm not a re- I'm not a politician, first of all. And this is your I'm, first time, right? It's my first time, mm-hmm. yeah. And I really want to know what the people want to say to, to me. If I was mayor, I want to hear from people. So the way that I'm going out is I'm talking to small groups, I'm gathering forums so that people can sit around and mm-hmm. tell me, look, this is my concern for the past previous years. I've seen this. I want you to address this. That's how I'm tackling well, Mara Zaniga, candidate for mayor. Again, the website, Mara, M-A-R-A, maraformayor.com. Best of luck on the campaign trail. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Tim.